Welcome to the Talented Learning Show podcast series, episode 41, with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today, I interview Rob Moe, president and CEO of Sphere One Cooperative, about their sophisticated multi-supplier, multi-distributor, Sphere One University. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the Talented Learning Show podcast series. On this series, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning technology from both the vendor and the practitioner standpoints. From today, from the practitioner expert standpoint, I have Rob Moe, who is the president and CEO of Sphere One. Sphere One is a unique trade-based organization that brings together lots of different types of members from both the supplier side and the distributor side of the construction and tool network. It's a really unique organization, but primarily we're going to talk about their unique approach to a channel learning LMS called their Sphere One University, which brings those same members and distributors together in a collaborative learning environment that's chock full of education as well as gamification. And we're going to learn all about it today. Rob, thanks for joining us on the Talented Learning Show. Welcome. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me myself. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Well, Rob, as you know, is uh, president and CEO of Sphere One. And this is one of the audience. This is one of the really the, the largest in North America, but one of the most successful and unique deployments of channel and learning technology to the overall benefit of an organization. And so at Talented Learning, we talk a lot about organizations, maybe one of your members or one of your suppliers, for example, that would open up their own university and, and try to train their extended audiences or customers or dis, uh, distributors. But what we don't really see all the time is the, the matrix of that, of lots of, of suppliers and members, and then lots of distributors and, and resellers all coming together in the same environment. And so it's a really unique uh, case study, and we're super happy to have you on here today. But you're not, Rob. Uh, you know, Sphere One is is not a household name, unless you're you know in a certain industry and in construction, perhaps. So maybe you could take a step back and educate us all on the organization, the cooperative, as it were. You know why you were formed, what it is that you do, and I guess use that as the foundation, and then we can start diving into the actual university. Oh, great, great question. You know, Sphere One is a 22-year-old construction supply cooperative. We're made up of 160-plus members, which have locations throughout the lower 48, Canada, Hawaii, and uh, about 850 locations throughout that, that uh, geography. We have 120-plus suppliers that service those members. And the spirit of a cooperative is, first and foremost, it's member-owned. So every one of our members own a common share of stock of the organization. And what that entitles them to is everything that Sphere One does as an organization. So fostering agreements with our preferred supplier network to obviously catch up rebate value, growth incentives, incentives and opportunities to separate the typical common distributor in the construction supply world from the big boxes and the mass distribution entities, right? It's to give them a leg up. You know, we talk about here at Sphere One, you know, just being a couple inches taller in those jump ball situations. So <laughs> most members typically are always going to be a little bit taller in those jump ball, you know, situations, whether it is up against a monster or even just another common supplier or distributor, I should say, in their markets. Mm -hmm. It holds true for our suppliers. It gives them a leg up with our members. 
they they understand that our members have an obligation by being a member owner to support the organization through our preferred supplier network when it makes sense for them. I mean, it's not a hall pass for the suppliers or for the members that they're just gonna do business with each other. They both have to show the value in each other to, to obviously exchange in commerce together, but it gives them a leg up. It gives them kind of a better understanding and bringing them together, whether it's through our annual meetings and different social media type things that we do or through our training platform, like mm -hmm. University, or through our planning platform, which is called Gateway for Growth, which is mm -hmm. an annual planning platform. So really the spirit of the organization, the spirit of a co-op is one, to be member owned, two, to combine your efforts together with other members and with your supplier network to create synergies and build on what it is that you have together to ultimately be successful in the long run. Wow, how interesting. Could you uh, spell out a little bit uh, further on what some examples of suppliers would be and, and some examples of what member organizations would be to help connect the dots? So our typical supplier network is anybody that is in this the tool and fastener world, power tools, hand tools, um, threaded cool. fastener, anchoring products, um, safety, and everything on safety from PPE, which is obviously somebody, you know, people are certainly understand the value of PPE right now with everything okay. that's taken place over the last year, but also in the elements of safety that pertain to fall protection, all right? Anything that is germane to the construction types and trades that are out there, electrical, mechanical, concrete restoration, road and bridge, I mean, you name it, res, you know, housing, anything that a contractor needs, our distributors provide and our suppliers provide those products to them in the power tool for instance we have makita we have milwaukee we have dewalt those are our three power tool providers so the monsters in the industry right mm -hmm. all of those have offshoots of their companies you know dewalt really goes to market with more than power power tools it's all the accessories the anchoring products it's you know, storage units, you name it, Milwaukee, power tools and accessories. Now they're into safety. Now they have a whole concrete footprint. Makita, everything from power tools and accessories to all the different things that they do. And those are just to name a few, right? Because one of the things that's taken place in the industry over the last really dozen or so years is consolidation with expansion, right? So these bigger suppliers are finding other things to be able to bring to a typical distributor that mm. might be outside the normal scope of what that distributor might have typically looked for from that supplier. And our distributors were made, Sphere One is made up really of four verticals. You have the air fastening vertical, which is everything that's wood to wood, pallets, furniture, housing, things like that. You have the concrete and restoration vertical, which is everything from, you know, pouring a slab to a foundation, to a bridge deck, to you know, you name it, to repairing concrete, all the distributors that call in those types of contractors. You have the power tool and, and fastener side of things, which in our industry is called the typical STAFTA distributor. STAFTA is an association called S-T-A-F-D-A. STAFTA is Specialty Tool and Fastener Distributors Association. Okay, they've been around forever. Wonderful organization and they bring people together not with rebate programs and things like what we do they're an association so they typically host 
training all the time, annual conferences and trade shows. Wonderful organization that probably 60 to 75% of our members are a part of, but there's the Stafta part of our organization, which is power tools and fasteners. And then lastly, it's the industrial fasteners. It's nuts, bolts, screws. Those mm -hmm. folks that typically are calling on plant maintenance or municipalities or you know things like that. So really, Sphere One's got four legs of its table, if you will, and it's made up with those four that I brought up. All of them work cohesively together and we build out or round out the demographic of the country with X number of distributors in markets to best serve the contractor network, but while at the same time, not crossing over with each other, if that makes sense. Wow, outstanding, outstanding. Well, as I was describing to you, you prior, I, I live and work on a Christmas tree farm, so I'm like a, a tool enthusiast uh, to, to say the least. And so, you know, one of the things that I like personally to do is instead of go to the big box at the local store around here, Kohl's and Renko, you know, I can go, I go right for the, the experts there. And then I ask them, okay, I'm thinking about buying this DeWalt 20 volt system. What do you think about that? Because I know I get like just the right answers from that. And I got me thinking about this interview. And as you were talking about big box versus other type of distributors, how important the, the training aspect of all this is. And so, how does Sphere One University play into all this? Like, how important is training to all the members and and, and the the uh, distributors or the suppliers rather? It's a cornerstone, right? I mean, I came from the supplier network prior to coming to Sphere One, and um, I had the privilege of being someone that had dealt with Sphere One for you know 16 of its now 22 years of being in existence. Training from the supplier standpoint and utilizing an online platform like Sphere One University has truly gives the suppliers an opportunity to reach the members and, and really market their products and capture mind share. Uh, because in this industry, and, and typically you bringing up the, the big boxes and you know things like that, typically the bigger the box or the bigger the distributor, more often than not, the lower the margins, right? Because they buy in such a way or they sell in such a way that the smaller distributors kind of get left out in the cold, right? So that's where it comes back to that jump ball situation for Sphere One. But for mm -hmm. the suppliers, it gives our university, gives them an opportunity to train our members on what's important, not only on the features and benefits, but also on the soft skills of their products and how to go to market with those that you're never going to get in Home Depot. All right, you're gonna go and pick off a power tool off the shelf because the price is attractive. Mm -hmm. you, it's a hammer drill, you can see its capacity, you can see what it does. But a, a Sphere One distributor salesperson, counterperson, somebody that is there, they're gonna walk people through the nuances of not just that hammer drill, but the accessories that fit into that hammer drill. What works into the working end of the tool? They're gonna to be asking that contractor, well, what are you using the hammer drill for? Well, I'm, I'm going to be setting anchors. I'm going to be drilling holes to put anchors in. Really? Because I sell anchors too. Mm -hmm. Oh, and you're going to use those anchors overhead? Well, I have the ladders to help you get up to do that. And, you know, now because things have changed, you know, if you're up above six feet, you have to be tied off. And I have fall protection. You know, I have, <laughs> you have everything. So, so really for a supplier, it brings them together with a distributor, teaches them the product, teaches them the soft skills, and it teaches them to at least have the abilities, the faculties, to one, go out and sell more products, mm -hmm. but to go out and sell products more profitably 
because they understand the value of those products. And the members run to that opportunity. We ask them to run to that opportunity because again, it creates that synergy, but it creates mind share more than anything else, that they're in it together, that the supplier is there to support them and them and their efforts of buying more products from the suppliers are supporting them as well. So it goes, that conduit runs both directions, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. How interesting. So if there's 160 members and they're in the, the 750 or 850 locations, there's a lot of folks and with 120 suppliers and as you were talking about Makita and Milwaukee and DeWalt and all their different product lines, it seems like there could be a boatload of content. What's the connection between how do learners know what to take? So we have what's called and we our partner in Sphere One University is a company called Blue Bolt. They're exceptional mm -hmm. at what they do. We've been with them since the very beginning. Um, they've helped us build what they tell us is one of the largest online universities in North America. We're very proud of that, but we wouldn't be there without them, right? So what our members can do is Blue Bolt has helped us build out what's called training tracks. So a member can go in and can decide what content they want their salespeople, counterpeople, office people purchasing to take. And they can kind of lay out their course of action, if you will to kind of help them on their path. Where, you know, typically an air fastening house within Sphere One probably isn't going to take all of the hundreds of modules that a DeWalt has up, but they're gonna to wanna to steer them to specifically the modules that correlate with air fastening, compressors, power tools that are related to that or germane to that. So we can help them with that. We have a staff here within Sphere One that helps our members and suppliers kind of co coordinate, I guess, through training tracks, what makes sense. Suppliers wow. love that because then their content's not wasted. And I don't wanna say that it's ever wasted when somebody takes it, but somebody going online and just taking a course just for the sake of taking it. I know we're gonna be talking about blue bucks later, but just to go on to earn blue bucks, that's not what a supplier wants either. They're trying to train people to one, show the value, teach them the product, and also hope that that gets them over the edge to where whoever took it is going to talk about it. And therefore, that distributor will buy more of it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So what about the, the content itself then? So teaching the soft skills, teaching the product knowledge. Yeah, some, some of that's easier than others from an instructional standpoint. Where does the content come from? Who makes it? How does that all work? The suppliers provide it. The suppliers yeah. provide it. And so typically training and their content has always been wrapped around really features and benefits, right? And, and every supplier focuses on the features and benefits of products, groups of products, et cetera. And they build out that content in-house. Sometimes a blue bolt will help them if they're a supplier that maybe doesn't have the faculties of some of the larger suppliers where they have production studios or things like that. But it can be content that could be anything from a PowerPoint with a Q&A section that comes after to now it's video content. So many suppliers now are providing video content and, and usually the modules, they could be as short as five minutes long, they could be up as 30 minutes long. Some are even built into what they would call series to kind of help take people through the various steps. But all that content comes from the suppliers. A lot of times it could be recommendations from like folks in our membership or just the distribution overall that are going to suppliers and saying, hey, could you produce something on this that goes with, again, a particular product category, a specific product, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so once they have that content, they're, they're probably using that in a variety of sources, maybe even with their own employees and service people, and then they're also providing it 
in, in, inside of your environment. How do they get, how does the content go from them into uh, your ecosystem? How, how does that, pro do you guys do that for them? Does Blue Volt or? Blue Volt handles all that with the suppliers. So uh, if it's an existing supplier for Sphere One, their training teams as a supplier are in communication with Blue Bowl. All right. Mm -hmm. So someone like the the big three, if you will, when you talk about a DeWalt, a Makita, or Milwaukee, those three provide more content than anybody, right? As you can imagine. All the power tools and accessories and the things germane to their businesses, they provide literally hundreds of modules. Our university overall has north of a thousand modules in place. Wow. And maybe the learners, we call them learners that are taking that content is, um, you know, somewhere in the 1,500 to 2,000 active learners where we have almost 4,000 that are registered with logins and passwords throughout our training system. But active learners, specific learners, probably 1,500 to 2,000 in any given month. Mm -hmm. but what, what you've got is, is they're providing that content directly to Blue Bolt. Blue Bolt onboards that and then throws it in the Sphere One buckets. And then on our website, we challenge our members to look through that. We have all the new content that comes up first. Again, we kind of put things in buckets as it makes sense to the different types of learners that we have or different types of organizations. But it's mm -hmm. all provided to Blue Bolt from the supplier on behalf of Sphere One. Mm -hmm. What about from a competitive standpoint from the different member organizations? Uh, I would think that sometimes they might uh, be competitors head to head, but they're still on the, the same training universe or the same university. It, is that something that you had to think about or deal with, or is that not a problem? I'm curious. Not really not a problem at all. And I think that's one of the cool things that Blue Bolt has in place as well. So you've got um, bigger suppliers or some of our suppliers are many of them are common to other organizations like a sphere one. There's a, another co-op out there called Evergreen, wonderful co-op, do a great job out of Texas. Um, you've got buying groups like the Net Plutus Alliance or AD. Those folks all have their own training programs as well. And Blue Bolt, if I'm not mistaken, is a part of all those where they might have an in-person in aspect and then a virtual aspect. So if a supplier was a part of Sphere One, their content through Sphere One could be shared on behalf of those other organizations that all have Blue Bolt as their provider for their online training. And mm -hmm. same thing goes into effect with, you know, if it's in place with another organization, they can share it. And Blue Bolt works out the dynamics of cost with the suppliers, but it actually makes things very simple. And while our members and those common suppliers compete with each other, which mm -hmm. makes us kind of competitors to those groups I brought up, it's really about the dynamics of what takes place in the industry, right? All those groups do a great job just like we do by providing their members, a, you know, an advantage. It's up to the members and the suppliers to take advantage of what they're provided, right? It mm -hmm. is what they make. You're leading folks to water, right? You can't force them to drink it. Um, sure. We do a really good job of, you know, showing the value of our university. So our members use the heck out of it, which I think gives them a tremendous advantage over whoever they would run up with and compete with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what a unique story. Uh, the the, the multi-organization dynamics of this is is great. So you're talking about how uh, they see the unique value. How do you measure the unique value? Like what is, how do you know when it's working and when it's not? Like what are, what are the kind of metrics that you track that, that you worry about? Well, we do every year and we provide this report card to our members and suppliers. Mm -hmm. Shows the 
being a part of Sphere One University and then not taking advantage of it from both the member and supplier's perspective. So we have internal software that takes everything based on those suppliers that support the university by providing content, put that up against and with the members whose employees took advantage of that content. And we've been doing this for the last four years. We just finished it for 2020. And even with COVID, those members who the content that was on the university provided by suppliers that provided that content on the university grew north of 11% last year together. That was the worst year, as you can imagine, that we've had. Typically, that growth plane is north of 15 to 18%, those members using content from suppliers that provide it. For those suppliers, and it's not a perfect world, not every supplier provides or organization content for the university, and I'd love to say that every member uses that platform to its full potential, but they don't. But mm -hmm. suppliers and members that really don't participate, which is a very, very small percentage, but nonetheless, that don't work it together, they typically grow, but they grow about a third of what the rest of the membership and suppliers grow that do provide or use content from the mm -hmm. university. And wow. in talking with other organizations, because we're a part of a national cooperative group, that uses online training, maybe with the Blue Bolt as a you know as a as a provider or not, but um, they're they tapped into us with how to use and create those analytics, and and it usually seems to be the same. The members that use it gain mm -hmm. share from it. Those mm -hmm. that don't don't gain as much if they gain anything at all. And the same thing for the suppliers, right? It's a, mm -hmm. training while it provides insight. It's the great, greatest opportunity coming from the supplier world. It's the greatest opportunity to market your product. Yeah. But you can't rely on just face-to-face -face stuff. Certainly over the last year, we've all found that out. There's so much of this going on. But, you know, you're typically, you, you want to blend it together with face-to-face -to -face when applicable, coupled mm -hmm. with. And so this, this being on, able to go on and take a five to 20-minute module you know, while you're taking a break or whatever, and your distributor owners incentivizing you to do so, mm -hmm. you know, by just giving you that little extra nudge, it, it makes a lot of sense. Instead mm -hmm. of waiting for somebody, especially during COVID times, to come in and try and teach you everything. Doesn't happen yeah. that way. Yeah, not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. So the value's there. You can grow 10, 11, 15, 18%. And so, you know, you would imagine those organizations are like, okay, let's keep on uh, pushing people through training and try to get closer to that 18%. But the reality is, you know, people are busy probably and, you know, not a lot of time. And so you guys were one of the first organizations that I studied eight years ago that was deploying the concept of gamification, learning management system gamification as a way to encourage your learners to engage more. And you call that program Blue Bucks. Uh, it's one of the the longest living examples uh, in the industry. Tell us about it. Tell us how that works, what that program is, please. So, so the suppliers offer up with their content an opportunity for all learners that take their content, complete a quiz at the end of it, and successfully that they go ahead and spiff them, if you will, or give them an incentive. It's called Blue Box, okay? The, the learner goes on, they go ahead and take the courses, they complete it, it goes into their file, or their account, Blue Bolt goes ahead and lets the supplier know you had X number of learners from Sphere One that took this content on this drill, boom, 
DeWalt jumps that in, dumps all those funds into Blue Vault. Blue Vault disperses those to the accounts. Those, the value of the Blue Bucks are paid out in gift cards that a distributor learner can go in and select whatever it is that they want in gift cards. Anything from a Bass Pro Shop to, you know, uh, uh, some type of restaurant, if you will, that's in this, mm -hmm. again, menu of how they can spend their Blue Bucks. When I started with Sphere One six years ago, the most in Blue Bucks that was ever paid out to Sphere One was about $35,000 in any given year. Over the last six years, well, five years really, we've never had a year where our suppliers haven't paid our member learners less than $150,000. And last year, now again, this is kind of skewed, right? Because of COVID, people weren't going out. So our distributor owners were pushing their folks to use the university. Our distributor member learners took over and completed 125,000 courses, okay, in 2020. And our suppliers paid out almost $260,000 in blue bucks in one year. Now you would think if you're a supplier, oh my goodness, 260 grand? I mean, what does that mean? That is the most inexpensive way to go ahead and get that. If you go ahead and equate that or divide that into your marketing allowance on an annual basis, it's nothing. You know, most blue bucks are about three bucks per successful module. Some are higher. You know, if a supplier wants to really promote a new product, maybe they might try to incentivize that learner with a $5 or a $10 blue buck or something like that but it averages being right over $3 per. So, you know, you think about that, it works, right? I mean, these wow. member learners, you know, it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for them to show a completion of something. We also on our website, we launched a new website last November. We, um, we always share who the, 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 the most prominent person was in Sphere One University for any given month. So, we're promoting that and what company they work for. We're doing the same thing with the supplier's content, which was the one taken, all again, to kind of in, encourage people to go and reach and capture those incentives. But it's it's a great incentive program. It doesn't seem like a lot, but you got some member learners that earn thousands of dollars in blue bucks every year. I mean, yeah, think about it. Okay. They paid 250 grand last year. So there were some big winners in that for sure. How but about it? time to do it. Can can the winner uh, get their next 20 volt DeWalt tool or no? Uh, you know what? I'm sure that DeWalt um, or <laughs> any of the power tool providers would probably be more than happy to, to do something like that to incentivize them with that as well. Again, it's 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 such a it's such a big deal and it's an it's yeah. an essential part, especially as I said earlier, it's an essential part of being successful in this industry. So many people sell on price and price alone, right? And and unfortunately, the end user base has been focused on buying on price and price alone. And so everybody talks about how competitive it is. Well, it's competitive because people aren't going out and showing their value. Mm -hmm. So those salespeople, those counter people, those distributors that truly go out with a supplier partner and show their mutual value of what they're offering and what they can provide, you can't compete with that. You know, somebody who wants to buy in price is going to buy in price anyway, right? Sure. So, but for those that 
will be interested in learning more about what you can provide, it's not just service, it's everything. What represents service? Yeah. You know, it's not just one thing, it's usually a combination of things. Yeah. And that usually will allow a distributor to capture more value and profitability or or whatever it is that they're able to get. And, and fortunately, our members do an awesome job of that and mm -hmm. our suppliers do an awesome job of supporting them. And thank goodness for the university we have that Blue Bolt supports us with because you roll all that together and we're pretty dynamic. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody that's all the way down on the bottom of your extended enterprise food chain, uh, it works uh, for sure. I, I, I buy into it 100%. So you've been doing this your whole life, uh, uh, especially the last five years here. You've been uh, running and thinking about the university. Lots of our listeners have parallel jobs. A lot of us are a few years behind you, quite frankly, and uh, in your path. What's the one or two things that you've learned that you wish you would have knew five years ago about doing this whole deployment and working with e-learning and the online learning and the overall university? Anything come to mind? You know what? You know, I, I'm an, I've always been kind of an ego-driven ex-athlete kind of guy that thought I knew everything. And I've always been fairly successful in sales uh, in, in my job because I always, one, had a great support network around me, but I also had the privilege of working with some great people in my life that helped to just round me out into who I am today. But I think if there's one thing that I could suggest to people is when it comes to training or when it comes to new opportunities, be open-minded to things. Don't don't think that you know everything. And And, and I think for those that can be open-minded for those that can have a willingness to try and take in what's around them. And for those, especially in times like today, right? I mean, we've learned so much over the last 15 months. If we've learned everything, it's to be inclusive with one another. And I think being inclusive is being inclusive in your ideas, not thinking that you know everything, you know? And, and you know that old adage about, you know, pointing a the finger, there's three pointing back at you kind of mentality. <laughs> I think that, you know, if, if people just embrace the fact that they're one and they're one part of something, and as much as they can bring in to help enrich who they are, is going to help them foster better relationships. It's going to help them build on who they are as a professional in whatever it is that they do. Um, and I think it's going to create a level of, um, you know, really something in this industry, for one, that people can embrace. So I would just say be open-minded, be inclusive to ideas and not thinking that you know everything. Well, there you have it. Sage advice, Rob Moe, president and CEO of Sphere One and uh, the Sphere One University. Thanks so much, Rob, for joining us here on the show and sharing your expertise and, and uh, wisdom and strategy and uh, how you make all this happen. Uh, as I started off today, this is one of the, the best uh, case studies and examples of, of integrated supply and distributor and channel uh, learning that that I know of. And so I just couldn't be more thrilled here to learn more about it today. So thanks for sharing. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you being in, allowing me to be a part of this and for doing all that you're doing for our industry. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks, Rob. Listeners, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Talented Learning Show podcast series. We hope you enjoyed it. And you can come and uh, see us on our next one here next month. Uh, you can find more of our free resources at talentedlearning.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.